listening to Hunting Pixels, the one and only official video game podcast of Culture Box. We have quite a show for you today. I am joined uh, this episode by a couple of famous guests. It's going to be fun having them on. Uh, and we're going to be talking about a lot of stuff, including our uh, Patreon topic of the month for September. Uh, it's a little bit late, but hey, uh, better late than never. Uh, on top of that, we've got some, you know, other stuff, you know, video games, media, all, all of that good stuff. I am, of course, your host, the one and only Bebop Man, Josh McMullen, and I am joined as almost never by my very special co-hosts, Jeffrey, Hit Me Baby, Ciarto, and Justin, one more time, Ruiz. How's it going, fellas? It is going great. That makes me feel good because then I feel like I'm the Def Punk song. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I feel you. That's a good. Yeah. That's a good song. I like that song. Great music video too. Oh yeah, I like that the, you started. The, really, the entirety of like that uh, album. That album uh, is well. The the album is great, but also like they did a, a bunch of music videos for that album. Um, they did a I, music video for every song, and it was it every plays song? out. Yeah, yeah, it plays out like an anime. Oh, yeah, it's so cool. And that's why if you only caught the main one, night. it was weird. What was it? That's why if you only caught the, the the one that was popular one more time, it was kind of strange because you're like, what? This doesn't sync up with the rest of the album. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, I remember staying up late for... Uh, it was it was on Toonami. They did the like three or four of the songs from Daft Punk, and then they did... Um, uh, Clint Eastwood and I think Rehash from the very first Gorillaz album. Yeah. yeah. And it was like a little two hour block where they just showed those music videos. It was fucking cool. Some guy really got his point across. He was like, no, we need to do this. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I like that we started with music because that's like a really good like reminder that there's another show. Yeah. Oh, just focuses yeah, on music. Yeah. Spotify's number one hundred and two podcasts. It's true. The oh, sorry, one oh one. I'm on one oh two right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well Yeah. That's that's interesting. I mean don't worry, I'm glad to come down to the miners and hit a couple dingers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is okay. the moment where the student the student finally surpasses the master. I mean, no, Josh knew my ego was unchecked. Gets fired. What? Hey, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I'll bring it up I'll with my union. Slip. Okay. <laughs> Plus, Austin's in charge right. of HR, so it's not going to happen. You're, you know what I thought of when when I was setting up my recording equipment, Jeff? Yeah. What's up? I said, I said to myself, you know, Jeff and I are coming in here together if we had to really like if we were an 80s tag team Mm -hmm. if we had to do this the right way today like we team up we're i i i'm going with this name you tell me if you don't like it okay i call i call us the bailout boys because we're bailing this show out okay so so that kind of goes in line with a, a dream i had the other night where I was a wrestling tag team called the Dirty Uncles, and it was imagine essentially 
Florida trailer park uncles. Oh god. I was I was Uncle Rico and I had a blonde Jerry Curl mullet that I called the ramen noodle curls for the girls. Oh my god. What is this show even <laughs> becoming? What, what is this? <sighs> Alright. You know what? I'm I'm done with your shenanigans for both of you. Uh tell me a little bit about you Jeff, you are yeah. you're getting back from Austin, right? Yeah. What yeah. Was that, what was that like? Uh Austin's a heck of a town. It was kind of my first time going there. Uh it's definitely really interesting. It's got a weird vibe to it. Like you always hear like keep Austin weird and you kinda think, Oh, they just stole Portland's uh, slogan, but um, I would say that the homeless gentleman in the neon teal and neon pink pants wearing a luchador mask offering to wash my window every morning uh, kept with the vibe. Um, okay. Yeah. Except for like the one morning where he was, you know, doing some solo action, we'll say, underneath the free freeway. So, uh, yeah. And they say, keep Austin weird. They mean it. <laughs> yeah. They wholeheartedly. Mean keep Austin weird. Um, no, but uh, it's a good little trip, and you know, now I'm just kind of getting back in the groove of everything here. It was weird because like I was on vacation, which if you're a part of the Discord, you know what that was like. Um, oh yeah, that was that yeah. seems like that was fun. Yeah, came back for a day and then left for Austin for a week. So uh, you know, I'm just kind of in a weird, weird state right now. But you know, games are coming out, stuff that I'm interested in. Get to record this amazing podcast with the king of New York himself. Uh, you know, I'm just very excited. Josh? Yes. No. He, he's he's king of the dirty south in my books. Oh. He's not wrong. Did you, going back to Austin, did you do 6th Street? Did you do Rainy Street? Yeah, did I did 6th stuff? Street, which uh, everybody was like, don't do 6th Street after dark. Yeah, they were... 100% right. Totally. Don't. If, if, have you ever been there? You, I, yes. I guess. And Josh, have you ever been there? No. Sixth Street is like, it's like where all the bars are kind of in Austin, both good bars and dive bars. And once it turns dark, it essentially, imagine the purge come to real life. Like, it is just chaos. And I was like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Whereas, like, 20 years ago, I would have been like, hell yeah, brother. Yeah, I'll wait. I'll wait 45 minutes on this line for a slice of pizza at 3 in the morning. Why not? Yeah, Yeah, why not? That sounds like a good idea. The one thing I didn't do, there's, like, this one barbecue place they all say. And uh, they're like, oh, you gotta go to Franklin's. The line was three and a half hours. I'm not fucking around. Go to Salt Lake. Oh. Did we go to Salt Lake? I feel like we may have. It, it's like everywhere. Like, it's even in the airport. Like, I'm no joke. I sent my wife a text at, what, like, 5 in the morning and be like, hey, do you think I can bring this frozen brisket on this four-hour plane ride and still have it be good? <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah. That's she Austin helped. is a fun time. Yeah. It, it's a wild it, place. It, it kind of, like, reinvigorated me for the world. Well, that sounds like fun. I mean, reinvigorating. You put down that you're reformatting all your hard drives. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, so um, I went to a conference there, right? 
And the mm-hmm. keynote speaker is this lady named Shawnee Delay- Delaney, right? Okay. You should look this lady up. Just take, just type in her name. She is essentially real life Black Widow. No joke. Very. Uh... Oh wow. Yeah, she was a clandestine spy for the U.S. that now specializes in cybersecurity and like espionage, like digital espionage. Uh, I had the luxury of sitting next to her on the plane coming back from Austin, knowing who she was, and uh, we were about to take off, and they were like, hey, we forgot to close the fuel hatch on the plane, so we, uh, we gotta go back, and none of you can get off. So I'm sitting there next to this American spy for like two hours, plus a three-hour flight, and she's like, well, we're gonna make small talk, and I'm like, the fuck we are, like, I'm not telling you shit. So, I told I her my name was Josh McMullen, and I was from Atlanta. And she As said, you should. And she said, no, you are absolutely not, Jeff. So. <laughs> she had so, quite the career. Yeah. So, so now I'm in the process of reformatting all my hard drives and, you know, burning myself off the internet as quick as I can. As you should. Because who knows what she took away. I'm terrified. I spoke to, this was a while ago, but this was the former U.S. ambassador to Russia on a teleconference. And I said to him, well, he was talking and he goes, you know, any recorded material, the Russians are probably listening in. And he goes, definitely me. They're always listening in to me. And I said, do you think they're listening to this? And I said, am I on a list? And he goes, you're definitely on a list. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to the club. And I was like, what, what are they going to get from, like, not that there's anything really to get from me, but, like, are they just going to, like, sit there and be like, like, he has a lot of PS4 trophies. <laughs> like, yeah. really you know, they're like not just going to sit there and be like, you know, pull away, like, a Swiss bank account. They're not going to do that. Yeah. Because there is they no might. Swiss bank account to pull away. It's all in the Caymans. Yeah, I know. Hey, first off, don't keep your money in Switzerland at this point. I mean, like, why? Why would you? Uh, especially after Wolf of Wall Street. Like, you could just see how yeah. quick it goes sideways. Literally. And don't put your money in Steve Madden. I mean, that's just... That's... Yeah. That's just you know what's really enough. sad about that movie? Hmm. Well... Aside from other things, but, like, when I was watching that movie, there's one scene where he was talking about, like, how they gamed the system with the Steve Madden IPO. Yeah. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, like, oh, this is, like, this is really cool. Like, I want to know, like, how they did it. And then, like, halfway through his description, DiCaprio just goes, like, but you don't want to hear about that shit, right? Yeah. Like, you know, like, all you want to hear about is the partying. And I was like, no, I actually want to hear, like, how you scammed so many people. Like, that's where I was at. What exactly did you do? That's exactly where I was at. I was like, I want to see the grift. Like, explain it to me. Because it's not like you could do it now. Yeah, for sure. You definitely could not do it now. I mean, there's much more efficient ways now to pull a grift, such as patreon.com slash culture pop. Yeah. Podcasts. You're not wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds like fun. I'm glad that uh, you're on on lists now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
the tens, uh, just think about it, the tens of millions of dollars that come in to Culture Bob, where, yeah. where do you think it goes? Uh, honestly, even I'm not sure. So, also... I mean, we let's face it, we know where it goes. Yeah. Hentai. It funds, it funds Austin's Pokemon anime statue habit. fund. Yeah. So, ironically, Josh... I probably did wind up on another list. Uh, you may have noticed some feet pictures from the airport. Oh my god. <laughs> this is why I can't trust you. With, yeah, well, with, the the TSA agent that me. came up and asked why I was taking my shoes off in the airport, I was like, oh, I'm just sending pictures of my feet to a friend on the internet. <laughs> to a friend on the internet. <laughs> and that guy what's said, your, what's your Instagram handle? Yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, you, you could... You could subscribe to my OnlyFans for that one. <laughs> oh, Lord. Lord in heaven. Alright, well... Justin, That's a true story, just so stuff. you know. I don't believe you at all. What? You got God. the pictures. <laughs> Jesus. What uh, I believe Justin, is we're not getting the whole story. I mean... You're, you're probably right. Uh, but we need... We, we need to not be doing (laughs) so justin you tell me about uh about a little thing that you've been you've been watching a little thing called uh american gigolo that's the is it showtime series this is on showtime starring Mm -hmm. uh the punisher's john barenthal yeah uh started the first first episode very slow moving um actually you know who else is in this rosie o'donnell what weird yeah yeah she plays it takes place in la and she couldn't have more of the most long island accent i've ever heard where it's it, like are we talking like, like fran oh, drescher uh, wait, what was that it's just like fran drescher level accent close yeah okay, close. i'm out i was in thinking about john barenthal as a gigolo but now i'm out oh he's <laughs> like and talk about hair he's got like the most amazing hair in this, but uh, it's we started the first episode. I definitely want to continue with it. Um, long story short, it's he gets framed for murder, uh, like he murdered one of the clients that he had, or you know, so they say. And within like the first 20 minutes of the show, he gets released because somebody admi- somebody basically admits to the murder. So now he's trying to figure out why somebody set him up and sent him away to prison for 15 years. Um, also, guest starring first episode, Wayne Brady. Oh, interesting. What? As a pimp. Okay, oh, I might be back in. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'll be. I, uh, I think I'll be back in. And then the other, the other big star, and really, I don't remember what much from what she was in, but Gretchen Maul. Wasn't she in that show, uh, uh, Life on Mars? Or am I am I making that up? Mm. You mean? I think you're thinking of John Carter. No, no, not John Carter of Mars. I am not. Oh, I saw that in theory. Shame. Why? I don't know. That's probably the best way to see it in a dark room <laughs> where nobody yeah, knows you're seeing it. The only way to see it. <laughs> Yeah, you know. It yeah. was the Taylor Kitsch, like, you know, like, oh, he's he's Gambit. 
So naturally, he can do anything now. And then it turns out he can only play, just play football. Is that right? Is that all he can do? Uh, more or less. I think so. Listen, Texas forever, Billy. Oh, Lord. Okay, well, that sounds interesting. Uh, I, I'm i pretty sure that American Gigolo is a movie. I could have that wrong, but... Could be. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, so... Oh, you know what? I, I just realized something. It's October, so now we got to listen to, like, horror movies. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, God. folks, this is the part where everybody just, you know, just... Turn the volume down low on yeah. your car speakers. Truly. Truly. Huh. Uh, yeah, so it's the 31 Days of Halloween challenge. Uh, completed it last year, and I'm off to a very nice start this year. I'm uh, up to... Um, uh, well, what is one this? one challenge you can finish this year. Ayo! Yeah. Ayo! Well, you know what's funny about that is uh, I am... Uh, going to finish this challenge from this year so you know but uh mm, yeah please we'll please see. do go off <laughs> uh anyway um yeah so i'm uh i am in the throes of watching horror movies and um uh last night we watched uh this one actually is more of a sci-fi one i think uh i it, it definitely has some horror uh, vibes to it for sure, but it's called uh, Vivarium. We watched it on uh, Amazon Prime, and it's this uh, it's this weird sort of dystopian take on suburban living. Um, it is crazy interesting, um, and it's roughly first five minutes. Um, and then after the first five minutes, uh, it kind of expands upon its idea, which is basically this couple, they have been together for a while and they're kind of starting to look for their first home. They're living in an apartment and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And they're looking to find their first home and they are like, well, I, let's take a look at this community and... So they go, they're having a, um, uh, like a, s- s- I don't want to say a salesman, but like they're having a salesman take a look at their, um, at their stuff and they're like, okay, yeah, maybe this is what we want. And as it turns out, once they get there, uh, they are trapped and the salesman is no longer there to lead them back out. Like they... And when I say they're trapped, what I mean is, like, they get there and um, they're... Uh, how, how do I want to put this? They get there and they are um, unable Who's... to kind of make it out of the suburbs because everything looks the exact same. Like, all of the houses are this gross kind of, like, almost like pastel green. And they are um uh i i don't I, there's no one else there i like i don't want to give too much away which is why i'm kind of like stalling but basically is it like the houses they get in, in is it like the houses in edward scissorhands 
Yeah, yeah, except they're all that sort of like gross, like pea soup green type color. Um, anyway, so they get there, they're all they're they're stuck in there, and then it's kind of like, uh, it's got a lot of metaphorical stuff going on that is, at times, I feel like a little heavy handed. Um, not saying it's necessarily bad, but it's just like it's very. Uh, it's just trying to drive home a point. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's driving home its point, and it knows exactly what it's doing. And if you're not along for the ride on it, like, then you are kind of, like, left out in the... Not left out in the cold, so to speak, but definitely, like, if you're not vibing with it, like, it's going to tell its story either way. And so, so you, you on a review might as well get basis, if on a review basis, would you just say it's bad? No, I wouldn't say it's bad. I would just say that it is. It. I don't want to say this either and make it sound like I uh, disliked it. I would say that it wears at its welcome uh, because it really has a great premise that is probably. Probably would have been better served as like a, maybe like a Twilight Zone episode or something like that. Like it does not need to be an hour and a half long movie, um, which is what it is. And I, it's got some great stuff to it. Like it, uh, uh, Imogen Poots, um, who is, uh, I, I don't know what you guys would know her from. I know her from a ton of stuff, but... She's great in it. Jesse Eisenberg is really strong as well. Oh. Um, it just... The, the Its biggest problem is that it has one idea. And it executes that one idea, but not to the degree that, like, it warrants a 90-minute runtime. You know what I mean? Oh, God. She's from that awkward moment. So From that awkward moment? Is that what she's from? She's in that, and she's also in, I guess this is apropos of the trailer dropping today, but she's in Need for Speed with Aaron Paul. Oh, beautiful. She's uh, she's in a great little horror movie with Patrick Stewart called um, uh, Green Room, about this punk yes. band that gets stuck in a, in a, 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 a bar with, like, neo-Nazis, and yes. she's wonderful in it. Hey, that movie's fucking awesome. But, yeah, yeah, uh, Vivarium. It, it's all right. It could have been better, but it's all right. You vibed with it. Yeah. All right. Jeff. Yeah. You've been watching uh, old Better Call Saul. Have yeah. You? So, I I had started this show back, like, when it came out. You know, it was new. And, I mean, just the way I sporadically watch TV, I, it just kind of fell by the wayside. I heard that the uh, the finale was supposed to be really great. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to check it out. I love Bob Odenkirk. Like, I, I should really actually check this out and just watch it all. And uh, so I just made it to the end of what Netflix has last night and got really pissed off. So, like, I wrote this on the list before I got pissed off last night because uh, they don't have the final season, and neither does AMC Plus, because why would you put your biggest show on a streaming service that you own? 
Oh. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. It's like, it's like, like how there's no live Raws on the WWE Network. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there, there's that. Yeah, that's a whole other piss me off kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah, but no, like, I, so I got all the way to the end of, like, the newest season. I was like, all right, here we go. New season. Let's wrap this up. And then, uh, no, I didn't find out what's going on with uh, Gene at the old Cinnabon. And, uh, you know, I get got a little angry there. So. <laughs> Rightfully so. Yeah, and, like, I was like, well, let me look on Hulu. I, like, went through, like, that whole, like, okay, let's just check every streaming service with Amazon. And they were like, hey, we'll, we'll sell it to you. Well, I'm not going to do that. Because the second I buy it, it'll show up tomorrow. So, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. But, uh, no, I actually really enjoying it. Um, you know, I do love how it's paced. I think the characters are way more interesting than uh, Breaking Bad. You know, so mm. I know it's a controversial hot take. Everybody, you know, everybody wants to be the bad guy. Not me. I thought it was interesting, but I just really like Bob Odenkirk. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to be the one who knocks twice. Actually, I was kind of excited, too, that Hank came back. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I've been kind of watching that and, you know, just kind of making it through it but now i'm back to like okay and i ironically something else that's on this list i started last night and so i'll chime in a little more on that too hell yeah cool cool well yeah. um awesome uh justin tell me yes. how you feeling about uh about Dahmer. did you finish it oh i finished it <laughs> so um where do I start? <laughs> it's, uh... Okay, so the way that I felt about this show is it's a Ryan Murphy show, which can go mm. one of two ways. There's either singing and a very, very egregious retelling of history, or it's horror, but then it just kind of doesn't become horror anymore. Um so as you can tell, I'm a huge Ryan Murphy fan. Uh, no, I I think this show was good. I think Evan Peters needs to be in more things because he that is a aren't very Ryan good actor. Murphy things. I, I yes, would totally He's second like, that. Yeah, it's almost like he had a chance to become something as Quicksilver, and then that quickly fell to the wayside. Um, it's almost like I would pray for him to come back as Quicksilver. Um, anyway, he was really good. Uh, Molly Ringwald was in this, which is kind of really? funny. Interesting. Um, and uh, I forget the, the dad's name. Uh, I'll look it up. It's the but, dad uh, from Step Brothers. Um. Yes. Oh, uh, uh, oh man. If you hadn't said anything, I wouldn't know his name. Mr. Dobchek. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Man, that's going to kill me. Yeah, I, I just started this last night. I, I watched the first episode of it, so that that's as far as I am into it, but I'm interested now that I kind of know Molly Ringwald is in it. Oh, yeah. But it's... Uh, here's the way that I... Here's the way that I describe this. This show is a lot... Richard Jenkins, by the way. 
this show <laughs> that's his name yep is much creepier when you decide to take out your phone after you watch it and look up if that's if that actually happened oh yeah and then when you realized it actually happened that's mm-hmm. when you're like oh my god this is disgusting but um yeah also I, uh... the other crazy thing is i was this is 1981, 1993. I was probably uh, it was less than ten years old, so I didn't really know what was going on. I wasn't, you know, wasn't watching Fox News back then. But uh, not like I am now. Yeah, you're watching my... CNN. <laughs> yes, yeah, well, of course, yeah. Uh, but I, I wasn't watching. Like I didn't know what was going on, so I have no idea. But then to realize, like. Holy shit, a lot of this took place in, like, the late 80s, early 90s, like, when I was alive. It's crazy to to think that, but uh, it was good. I thought it was, I thought it was very, um, I thought it was intriguing. It sort of peters off at the end and goes in a lot of different, really, kind of different, strange directions, um, but it was, it was fine. It was, it was good for what it was. I recommend, you know, catching a couple of episodes of it if you like it. Continue with it, but if not, it's you're not you're not losing too too much. Yeah, I okay. I just started it last night, and I I remember like hearing all this. Like I was at that right age when all this kind of happened. That like I remember my parents watching it like kind of unfold on the news, and this being like it it was kind of like a. It was, like, the first time, like, you had kind of, like, I had kind of realized, like, crime. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, holy shit. Like, and it was, yeah. So, like, I'm kind of interested like to see it from crime. that perspective. Yeah. Like, and it was all, like, I remember this kind of being, like, the first thing you couldn't escape from on the news in, like, the context of my life, right? Like, OJ hadn't happened yet. Oh, um, shit, Yeah. You know, and it was like, I remember this just kind of being there. So it's kind of interesting because, like, my only knowledge of it is, you know, remembering this hyperinflated story on the news. But, like, yeah, like, all this shit happened. And it was just, like, when you look at it, you're just like, holy shit, like, this is unreal. For real. Yeah, that's... I I plan to start it soon, but... um... I don't know. There's so many other things that uh, I've got going on right now. And then, obviously, the horror challenge. So, I don't know when I'll be able to get to it. But I'll, I'll try uh, relatively soon. I've heard I've heard good things. I've also heard a lot of people. Uh, there's, I don't know. There's been a lot of talk about, like, the exploitation of it. And I... I agree to an extent about all of the thing, the question or the the kind of concerns that people have raised about whether or not it's exploitation. Yeah, and like I, yeah, yeah, it definitely is, but I don't necessarily think that like one, we should be telling people what they can and cannot make in terms of like art but also it's exploited 
it's exploitative to see the shit on the news also, I think, to an extent. And I just kind of, like, feel like a lot of people are missing, like, the forest for the trees here with this one. And they're just... Uh, they're upset about something and they don't really necessarily know why. And it's, I think, peppering their perception of something that... Uh, I don't know. Like, I don't feel like it should be peppering. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it's it's hard, especially with something like this, just due to the gravity of what this man did. Like it. Oh yeah, for sure. Like I, I, I don't want to say that and like make it seem like I don't care about the hurt that the victims, you know, underwent because obviously what they went through was horrific. I'm just saying I think that like a lot of people like. I don't necessarily think that it's the the people who were victims that are raising these concerns. I mm-hmm. think it's people who are getting hurt or like who are saying things on behalf of those people without I guess maybe the context of you know this is art. To, does that what I'm saying make sense? Yeah. I yeah, I think I get what you're going for here. Yeah. Like I, I kind of heard this. I kind of heard this explained to me as like, you know, the the reason that people are getting mad is it's the monster you heard of versus the devil you see, um, you know. And I kind of kind of agree with it. Like, you heard the stories kind of growing up, and then you're actually seeing it kind of portrayed in a way that both confirms what happened, you know, more or less because the only confirmations are from him, right? And the evidence that was there. And, you know, it's one thing when you hear it audibly, like, but to see it visually, it's kind of almost like, I. it's almost kind of like the first time you saw the movie Saw or Hostel, like those super over-the-top gory movies as, you know, when they came out, because they were so vastly different from a lot of things out there that were in mainstream. Like, those kind of movies existed but not in, like, the mainstream context that, you know, people got, you know, disturbed by it. And I think this has kind of fallen in those same lines. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and you know, maybe maybe I'm just, like, too, I don't want to say desensitized to it or whatever, but, I mean, maybe, maybe I just have a different perspective because, like, I, I don't want to say this is the kind of shit I watch, but you, you, you get what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, that's, sure. that's cool. I'll. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Justin. Uh, I'll get around to it uh, eventually. Um, speaking of horrific things, uh, I watched a little movie. Uh, this was actually, I believe, our night one watch for the 31 Days Challenge. Uh, I watched Watcher. Um, so this is a little movie that, um, takes place in, uh, oh gosh, what was the, it's a European country, I'm blanking on, I'm blanking on the actual country that it's, uh, it's in, but, um, anyway, yeah, so we watched this, and basically it takes place in this country, there's this American girl who is, um, she is there with her, 
I believe it is husband. Um, and they're there for his new job. And he is... Uh, she has kind of come along with him. And she doesn't really have a job. Um, she uh, more or less has come strictly to... I don't want to say strictly to be with him. But uh, like that's kind of like the sense that you get. And she notices one night uh, she doesn't know the language. He does. Uh, and she just strictly speaks English. Um, but uh, she feels kind of like out of place and stuff like that. And then one night she notices that um, that there is a person across the way from their new apartment who is um, staring at her. And she um, kind of like says, hey, like this is this is something that's happening and lets it be known that like, hey, there's someone watching me, but no one kind of believes her. And it ends up being a case of like, um, I don't want to say it, it ends up being a case of like, The, the metaphor, I think, ends up being a sort of, like, Me Too type thing where this woman is telling not only her husband, but, like, people around her, hey, this stuff is happening, and it's happening to me, and I want somebody to take care of it. I don't feel safe. And no one is really paying attention to what she is having to say. And it just ends up being, like, her having to, like defend herself uh in this this land that she doesn't know anything about and it ends up being like a kind of like a, a waking nightmare for her and i really really fucking dug this movie i thought that it was really interesting um there is like like I said the the whole subtext with like the the me too stuff but like not only that but it kind of like has a almost like you're I don't know if you guys are familiar with all like the the horror terms and stuff like that but it ends up having like a giallo feel to it where it, it's kind of like uh like those old 80s like Dario Argento movies where it's filmed in such a way that it like is it feels it feels surreal like it doesn't feel completely like authentic but at the same time feels completely authentic and it just has like a, a weird kind of tone to it but there are like all of these really smart things that it's doing and the the final like 10 minutes of this are just a straight kind of like gut punch like where it the entire movie almost feels like it's inevitable from the beginning and then like you're waiting for some sort of like i don't want to say escape but like you're waiting for like the sort of like the good guy's going to come in and save the day t type thing and then it just kind of never happens and interesting I really was into that because that's not really something that I think you see a lot anymore in modern horror. I think that like 
we've kind of gotten away from like what horror actually is as opposed to what we like the sort of like feelings uh no that's that's a bad way to put it but like the the horror nowadays comes from like feeling things and and trauma and and stuff like that as opposed to like an actually horrific situation i feel like and that ends up being a little bit i i don't want to say unfortunate because i like i like a lot of stuff that like say uh Mike Flanagan's doing like I I really think that like he's he's the guy when it comes to that sort of like uh like uh, I've heard it described as like hug me horror but the kind of like feel good horror where like at the end of the day like something bad is happening yeah but it's it's almost like the horror is the dealing with it part as opposed to, like, the actual situation itself. I don't know. I feel like I'm doing a bad job of explaining this. But anyway, at the end of the day, I really fucking like this movie. I thought it had a lot to say about how we treat women and, like, the shit that they have to deal with uh, in order to be believed. Uh, and I, I really loved the lead performance uh, Michael Monroe, she is uh, also the lead from It Follows, which is probably my favorite horror movie of the 21st century. Um, I really genuinely love that movie. And, uh, yeah, it just, I thought it was very good. And if you get a chance to see it, I would highly recommend it. Interesting. It, it sounds like an interesting movie. I, I, this is kind of one of those things that I don't think ever would have appeared in my radar. Yeah. And, you know, to be honest with you, I, like, I only knew about it because she was in it. I, I kind of don't know that this would have ever appeared on my radar either had I, you know, not known that she was in it. But, hey, watched it, really liked it. So, there we go. Um, yeah, alright, and then let's get to, Jeff, you've been watching Vince Vaughn movies, what what exactly does that mean? Yeah, <laughs> um, so, uh, p for some reason when I was in Austin, I, uh, one night decided I was gonna watch, uh, Dodgeball, and then I just started watching go. a bunch of Vince Vaughn movies out of nowhere, uh, when I couldn't sleep, because time change really messes with me um yeah so so that that's all it was I, i've been watching like dodgeball and um age was it mr and mrs smith and just a bunch of really just and it, it makes me really appreciate vince vaughn as a comedian and i wish he did more of that stuff oh yeah uh, dude vince vaughn in the early 2000s was a absolute treasure um, yeah, everything he was doing at that time, I just I genuinely really enjoyed. Yeah, like I I mean, and it's not to say that I don't enjoy some of the stuff that he's doing now, but like I just kind of been on this like, let's go down memory lane, you know? Yeah. To the to the good era, like old school wedding crashers, the internship, like these are all things that I've watched. Now I did I will say, 
I really like Freaky. Uh, oh, Freaky's awesome. I yeah. I really like that movie. And, and that is, I realize, newer Vince Vaughn, you know. But, like, you know, he does a lot of, like, serious stuff now. like, Or even, like, straight-to-DVD stuff like Brawl in the Cell, Block 99. That's um, a great movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. But, like, no, there's, there's just, like, a bunch of things of his that I've just been kind of going back, like, that early kind of 2000s stuff of his. Um, I, yeah, like I said, just weird tangent that I've been falling down lately. Hell yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Nothing, nothing that's like ground shattering or earth, you know, earth moving that anybody's gonna be like, oh, I gotta go check this out. No, just, just, you know, the good stuff. Awesome. Well, yeah, that sounds, that sounds great. Yeah. Um, Justin... Uh, let's see. What's the last thing you got on here? Andor. <clears throat> That's that Star Wars show, right? Yep. It's good. I like it. I mean, I like the character. I like... I really like Rogue One, so... It's fine for now. I'm enjoying it. I don't really have much more to say other than it's... It's... Going well, as far as I can tell at this point. And I'll see it through, but, uh... I'm enjoying it. I don't really have much else to say. Hell yeah. Well, uh, cool. Uh, then I guess we'll get to my last thing and then we can move on to our topic. Um, so my last thing is we watched a movie called The Night House. And I remember this being a movie that was... Some, some people were telling me was like the best horror movie of the... Uh, of 2021 I believe was when it came out um so we watched it last night or not last night but uh I think two nights ago and let me tell you uh it most certainly is not the best horror movie of 2021 uh this movie did not suck but it certainly was not what everyone hyped it up to be um, I, I really wanted to like this movie. I, I just want to say that. I really, really wanted to like this movie. Um, it has a, what I think is a, a, a pretty, oh, pr- pretty okay premise. And the, the main performance, which is Rebecca Hall, um, people might know her from, uh, she Iron was in the town she was in what? Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. She's the, the woman at the the beginning of the the movie, right? Yeah. Okay. Nailed it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, <laughs> right? That, that was very specific. Um, no, okay, so uh, she's in this. She has a, oh. she gives a really, really great performance. Um, I saw this movie, too. Yeah, this is not a good one. Yeah, uh, she gives a really great performance, but the movie I think shows its hand just way, way, way too early. Like there are parts of it, and I, I think it's supposed to be a mystery, right? So like you're supposed to kind of be like, "Oh, I wonder what this is going to be" type situation, but like 
there are things that are supposed to be reveals later in the movie that I was just like, uh-huh. Like, like, where's the where's the twist at? Like, this is supposed to be this big thing. It's like, no, I, I guess that in the first, like, five minutes of the movie. Like, is there something else? Um, it's really unfortunate because the filmmaker, uh, uh, David Bruckner, uh, I believe is incredibly talented. He made a movie for Netflix called um, uh, The Ritual, which... I really, really dug. Uh, it's a creature feature uh, that has something that I have never personally seen in a horror movie before. Um, and I just was really down for it. Um, and then he followed it up with this, which I I personally think is way weaker. Um, I don't know. It... I really wanted it to be good. It just unfortunately is not. So, uh, I don't know. Watch it or don't. It's all right. <laughs> it's kind of a shame when you're like super bummed or excited for something like that, and you just kind of come out of it so meh. Yeah, and I don't think that I would have had such high expectations for it had people not been hyping it up, but like. I don't know what movie those people watch. I, like, I really don't. It's not that it's bad. Like, I, I think that it's perfectly fine. I, it really is carried by Rebecca Hall's performance, I think. I think she does an excellent job. Um, it really reminded me of uh, Kristen Stewart and Spencer. Just kind of like deranged performance. Um, but, I don't know. She was kind of the best part about the movie. And, like... If she was the best part of your movie and it was a fucking going for the fences, like, going broke type of performance, I don't know. Like, maybe that's... I don't know. Maybe I'm being too hard. It just... I don't know. I didn't think it was very good. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, Let's go ahead and move on to our main topic, which is uh well let me let me just intro intro it for you uh something that has been uh become increasingly frequent in the entire entertainment is- industry is remaking classics from that medium hollywood has been doing it for years i mean even I, i'm not sure how many people know this but even scarface from the 80s is a remake um like it's been there for a very long time. And it has increasingly stepped into the gaming world. Uh, you know, recent games such as Resident Evil 2, Resident Evil 7 Remake, and Demon Souls have all kind of been these figureheads for this trend. And it doesn't look like it's going anywhere. And of course, you know, we all have a game in mind that we'd love to see return. But that kind of begs the question. How? Like, does Metal Gear Solid deserve a Resident Evil 2 style from the ground up remake? Or am I just wanting to play that old game that I love with updated visuals? What really is the purpose of a remake and a remaster? And possibly more importantly, what exactly do we want from the two? Um, I raised this question 
uh, or I, I came up with this topic because of some uh, stuff that I was seeing um, online, especially in reference to the now infamous uh, Last of Us, Last of Us 2. Or, yeah, yeah, not yeah. Last of Us 2, but the, the Last of Us remake where, you know, this is a game that is, for my money, still a really excellent game that is still really, really playable on not only old consoles, but in modern consoles as well. And it just kind of seems like they're going for this sort of money grab type situation. And, you know, maybe they are not, but that's what it seems like. And not only are they, are they doing this, right? But they have been uh, announcing things like um, a Horizon Zero Dawn remake, which... Again, that game is completely playable on the current gen of hardware and does not need a remake at all. It's still visually a, a good-looking game. Like, it's got very strong uh, visuals. Not only art direction, but just it, fidelity is a really good-looking game still. And so I was just wondering, like... Where exactly do we does is the difference between the two? What exactly is the difference? What do we expect from them and and things of that nature? So, See, I, I mean, I, I'll turn it over to uh, who who wants to go first. I'll take a crack at this. Okay, <laughs> step up to the plate and knock this out because I got some thoughts. So I have a super big fundamental problem. One with the Last of Us. Um, and and we'll say Montana aside problems with The Last of Us, okay? okay. Uh, that's that's a deep cut, I know, but nonetheless, Montana problems aside, uh, The Last of Us, like, here's the thing: I'm not going to downplay its cultural significance, right? As far as like what it achieved on the PlayStation Three, and I, you can make the argument, okay, yes, it makes sense to port it to the PS4. Because of cell architecture and, you know, all that fun jazz, it made sense to move it to the PS4. It's super sleeper hit that, like, really had, like, a, a zeitgeist movement. Move it to the PS4, you know, your, your system's killing it. It makes sense. Moving it to the PS5 feels like nothing more than a cash grab because the PS5 is backwards compatible to the PS4. Right? So... Either one, you're saying your backwards compatibility is shit, which I don't think it is, and I don't think that's what Sony's saying. Or two, it's a cash grab. Like, and I feel like Horizon is the same thing. Um, to me, there's no reason... And the only way that I can logically make sense out of the Horizon... Uh, is it, It's Zero Dawn is the... The PS4 one, right? I, I get yes. a mix yes. around. Forbidden okay. West is the one that just came out. So yep. the only logical thing to me is either one, this is something that Sony noticed when starting to make PC games. 
that maybe that's why the shift to Horizon, like, oh, we've got these assets around. But, like, you can't tell me that that game is going to sell millions of copies, right? And I, and I sincerely doubt that The Last of Us on PS5 is also worth the time and investment, you know? I just, I have a big fundamental problem. Like, when it's a game that you can't play anymore, you know, that's one thing, right? Then it makes sense. Um, you know, if they were like, hey, we're, we're remastering PT for the PS5. Yeah, that makes sense, right? Like, this game that is almost mythical in its way that you can't play it. Um... But I just, I have a big fundamental problem with this idea of like, oh, we're going to remaster it. Like, the only time I've ever played a remaster that I actually thoroughly enjoyed uh, was I, Sleeping Dogs, right? Oh, that's a good one. Jeez, yeah. And, and I think that's because, again, it was the same kind of thing. Like, it came out on the PS3 at the end of that kind of life cycle, and... It wasn't, it was great, but it was good, but it wasn't great, right? And then it came out on the PS4 and it really took advantage of that hardware. And it did so much more. Like, if you look at Sleeping Dogs PS3 to PS4, it's like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, right? I can't look at Last of Us PS4 and Last of Us PS5 and say, to me specifically, that, yeah, that makes sense to do. Other than, hey, you know, we, we announced the trailer for HBO and, you know, if, if you're, like, the one person out there that hasn't played this game, well, now we've made it easy for you, but I just, I don't see it. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that, yeah, that's my hot take on remasters. I don't really, re, re, full-on remaster, I never opt for those unless i've yeah. never played that game and people are like you need to play this game like you know if you never played the mass effect series and you are like i want to buy the remasters i get it i understand i'm sure there's i'm sure there's a market there for that yeah the remakes i feel like are the th those are the more like interest i hate using the word interesting but those those pique my interest a little bit more than say something like, oh, this is just, like this is a you know this is a Last of Us remaster or something. Yeah, I I think the Resident Evil Two example is paramount, right? Because you go yeah. from tank controls and this like very awkward style of game that really only worked for one generation to a full on like action adventure horror game that that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. I think same thing with Final Fantasy VII. Well, not same thing with Final Fantasy VII because, it, again, that's just two different styles of game. I think the Resident Evil one, I think, is more apropos because those old games, I, I love them to death, but they are just, they are so hard to play, right? They are yeah. so difficult to play. Whereas Final Fantasy VII's, the, the the original is still a playable game. You can still play that, and it still functions well. But the new one is totally... It's something totally different. 
And whether I think, you think that's really good, I, I, I agree with that. I think the new one, I think Final Fantasy VII Remake is very good, but from Resident Evil 2 style, like, it, it's the same thing that you asked the question of Metal Gear. Like, if you're so upset with the fact that you have to press 10 different buttons to aim, then yeah, a remake would probably suit you well, because I would love to see a, a Metal Gear 1 in the style of Phantom Pain. But, you know, that's that might be a tall order. But does it take away from, like, the sanctity of what that original game is? I don't know, because I, I didn't... I personally didn't think those Metal Gear games played well, or maybe I just never grasped what they were going for. But, um... I guess that's my weird take on it. I, I think Resident Evil 2 made it so it was approachable, right? Like, you almost had to, because they're... Everybody that would check that game out now, like, if they didn't do that, and you had people going back and be like, oh, you know, I wasn't even born when this came out, which that makes me feel ancient saying, be like, yeah. I don't get it, this, this is awful, you know? Like, those make sense. It's like when there's just a little bit of polish, and I, I you know, I completely forgot about this when I was talking about it, but, like, um, the biggest offender of this to me actually is about to happen again. It's not even The Last of Us. It's a it's a franchise near and dear to my heart, and it's uh, Yakuza Two. Um, oh, are they remaking Yakuza Two again? Yeah. So Yakuza Two, just for context, came out on the PS2 and the PS3, right? So then they re-released Yakuza Two. For the PS4, and now they're remaking it again for the PS5. So it's the same thing, but like, I mean, and you could say that, you know, oh, the jump from PS2 to PS3 is big, and yes, it is. But like, those games push the boundaries of the PS2, and really, if you're looking at it from the PS3 to the PS4, those versions are identical. You know, so, like, it, it's kind of doing the Last of Us grift. It just goes back an extra step. Damn, I didn't know that. That's wild. Yeah. Now, a lot of people don't catch it because it was Yakuza Kiwami 2. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. came out. But, like, honestly, beat for beat, as somebody that's played that game, it, it's, it's the same. It, it's, yeah. Okay. I see. I didn't know that they were remaking it again. I knew about Kiwami too because, mm-hmm. like you said, that's literally the only difference is the name Yakuza Kiwami. Yeah. Well, and they're even going to get away with it now because they're changing the name. They're no longer calling them Yakuza games. Oh yeah, it's uh, like a dragon, right? Correct. So yeah, l- little name change and let's package it and resell it again. Now that being said, I love Yakuza and. Give me all the Yakuza you can, right? But just no more two, please. <laughs> yeah, uh, that I read somewhere that they're changing the name to Like a Dragon because it is um, uh, it's always been called Like a Dragon in Japan. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Which the name kind of which Yakuza is interesting. Kind of, like I don't think Yakuza really fits what that game is about. Like. Yes, yes, there's Yakuza in those games, but, like, a lot of the times it's always, like, the Yakuza are the bad guys. <laughs> like, 
Like, it's not like glorifying, like, you know, mafia rule of Japan. It's like, you know, like, oh, how do we get away from the... I don't know. I, I always thought the name kind of... The, the Like a Dragon name seems way better. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like how Biohazard makes more sense than Resident Evil. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, but, I mean, hey, what are you going to do? Those translations from the fucking, what, 90s? They're sticking. Um, yeah, so I, I think that uh, one thing that you guys both brought up is something that we should probably touch on, which is um, I feel like um, something that is I don't want to say lost, but something that um, uh, kind of we should maybe take into consideration is that that thing that you guys said about the um, uh, the nature of like remakes uh, with like Kiwami or well we used the uh, the example of Resident Evil and then kind of like juxtaposed it with Metal Gear Solid but like so I personally would argue that those Metal Gear games are incredibly fun to play still um, mm-hmm. I know I am in the minority on that, but I I do believe that I I still break up the PS uh, Vita from time to time and play um, play Metal Gear Solid One because I just I fucking love that game, and um, so my question is, we I think are all in agreement that maybe something like the last of us uh getting its remake is not is not exactly like a great thing right um but there are people out there who you know claim that like the system has been updated and it and it feels way better and you know blah 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 and my yeah, question yeah we can't help what montana says right I um, so my question to you guys is this like remasters I think we all kind of agree it's just a way to like update the games so that they look look better you know mm-hmm. like the uh, fidelity yeah yeah it's it's more of a cosmetic thing than a than a truly like game changing um, and, and like I would say I would say like ease of use too like you know there are certain instances where it's like oh this this one thing was just a mistake in the menus right or like yeah. the the control here was just like if new if switched or messed around with just slightly it would have made the game way more fun to play yeah yeah for sure uh that kind of brings me to uh well i don't I don't know if I should actually bring this up because it technically has a remaster and a remake, but I'm going to do it anyway. Do uh, it. It bring, brings you to like Shadow of the Colossus, right? Where Shadow of the Colossus yes. not only has a, a remake, but it has a remaster. And, mm-hmm. um, well, I guess to get to the point, uh, 
something that I feel is, I, I, I think lost maybe when we talk about this sort of stuff is that remakes tend to be very, very different. Like, mm-hmm. games than their original counterparts. Like, Resident Evil 2, I think, is a great game. Both the PS1 and the, like, PS4 remakes. But that PS4 remake is very, very, very different than the old PS1. Like, it just... Oh, 100%. They're not the same game. Like, as much as people want to tell you that they are, they are 100% not. And I think that that kind of is the... I don't want to say the purpose of a remake, but the remake, in my opinion, is to give you a new vision of what could have been, maybe. You know, like, obviously, you you brought up the, the Metal Gear Solid in the engine of... Um, Phantom Pain. Uh, Phantom Pain. Like, that is a new experience. It just straight up is. So, like, my question is, do we... Do we actually want the things that we say that we want when we kind of, like, uh, I don't know, vocalize about them? Uh, that's maybe I mean, the poorest if, way If I you think about that. it, like... I didn't want, or if you had put on paper, hey, we're gonna make, we're we're gonna make Final Fantasy VII more like Final Fantasy XV. If you put that on paper and said that to me, I would have said, don't do that, <laughs> please don't do that. Yeah. And then they did they they blended it with, I, I think more like action elements and and made those fights even more dynamic and they made the bo- they made the boss fights feel super fun. I that I walked away from it being like I didn't know I wanted this and now all I can't uh, now all I want is more of it, right? Where hmm. th- it was a complete surprise and it was really really good. But like how many times does that actually happen? You know, like how many times do you actually get into that like groove where it's like we know we know exactly what people are gonna like it's probably not often yeah i would say it's it's definitely an outlier for sure um even in even in like my experience the only one that i can think of that really kind of hits there other than shadow of the colossus for me is a final fantasy type zero which was a japanese psp game that they like remastered and remade and released in america for the PS4, and it's like, okay, that's a lot of legwork to get there, you know? And I'm sure it didn't pan out as well as they ever hoped it would, you know, but... Hey, I I tend to think that that game's pretty pretty cool, and they did a good job with the, oh, with the remaster, in my opinion. 100%. It, it's, it's one of those games where it's like... Once you've played it, you're like, why aren't they making more of this? You know, I, personally, I kind of feel that way. Um, because yeah, I'm with XVS. you. Yeah. Yeah. Moving on. Move, move, moving on. Yeah, so I think one thing that maybe we should talk about is maybe, like, what... 
how we should not necessarily talk about these games, but maybe like how we should, uh, what kind of ex expectations we should set for ourselves when we are, you know, talking about these games. Because I feel like a lot of people, you say you say Last of Us remake, and like it, they say, oh, it was already remade on the PS4 or whatever, which is not true. Like, just. Based on what what I have been told, because I haven't played it, and I, I don't plan on playing it. Mm -hmm. But based on what we've been told that that game actually is doing, a remake is just not the right word for it. And to continue going along with that terminology, I think is detrimental to both sides of the equation, where you maybe are getting a remaster and thinking that it's going to feel like a new game. Whereas, you know, what you're really looking for is a remake. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think like yeah. what you're trying to say is like, Oh, sorry, Jeff. No, you're good. I am. Um, go ahead. I, I was going to say like it, it feels so mislabeled. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. it just feels like, and maybe that's a branding thing of like, <laughs> they're doing this purposely because they know what they want to sell. But, um, like, if I hear the word, when people, I, I mean, I know developers and, and producers and everybody like that, when they say remake, they're like, yo, th this is not going to be, like, this is not your father's Zelda kind of thing. Like, this is not what we're going, like, what you're used to. Versus remaster, I always kind of get that. Like, remaster always to me is like, here's this, like, you know, oh, they up the graphics. Like, you know, like, I didn't play those first two Sly games, but I played the, th the third one, and I didn't mind replaying that, but I bought the remaster collection because I, I wanted to try it, and I enjoyed it. And sure, it looked fine, but it's not anything it, it's not anything different than what those original sly games were versus again like they know the branding they know what they want like they know how to label this the right way but this yeah. does feel a little um they, they could have benefited from like a you know like this is the integrated version <laughs> you know like just make up some branding that sounds cool and neat i don't know yeah, I think I think I would mostly agree with Justin on there for for sure. That was kind of more what I was going to say too. So, yeah, good point. Yeah, 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 for sure. No, you're. Hey, I'm sorry. He's sorry for stealing <laughs> your idea. So yeah. I guess I got a question then. So like, if you could, like right now, Jeff Bezos is at the door, big bag of money, right? And he says, Which "I want you to." Thursday for me. Yeah, just, yeah, it's Thursday. And he says, "You know what? I want you to remake a game for Luna, right? We'll we'll just say it's there because him. What are you remaking? And I mean, ground up remake. What are you doing? Killer Seven. Wait, what? Killer, Killer seven. seven. Killer Seven. Okay. Now, if he says remaster, 100%. what are you doing? Um. Uh, shit. Final Fantasy Tactics. Okay. Josh? 
Alright, so he's asking for a ground up remake. Mm-hmm. Uh you know I think that this is gonna be people call me fucking fanboy, but oh, I really go. think that Final Fantasy VIII deserves more love than it gets, no, it and I would it love... Really oh, no, Squall doesn't. It, yes, yes it does. He's the one guy who doesn't want love. Don't give him more of it. <laughs> oh, God, you guys killing me. So, for me... Um, if, you said, if you said nine, if you said six... I mean, I six would... too, but I... I don't know. I eight gets so much hate and that game is really not that bad man everyone <laughs> hates on that game I like it's how you have really to be like not... really not that bad oh somebody's Uh-oh. dog's pissed off someone does not like my Final Fantasy 8 game Heidi is not a very big Final Fantasy 8 fan yeah oh, oh gosh <laughs> so if She's I if seven it, pounds if it was me if I was remaking a game personally I would I would remake it was a game called Majestic. Um, it was made by Electronic Arts just because technology has changed so much since that game came out. Um, mm. It was an early like ARG that you had to like play on phone and aim and stuff like that. EA actually produced it. It was it was wild. It, it was super cool. Like you had to like give them your phone number and they would like call you and stuff. Like it it was fun. It just. There's so many new technologies that have changed since 2001 that, like, I would love to see something like that. And I'd love to see... I mean, it's it's kind of the perfect weird mobile game, in a way, because, like, you're already given all the, that information anyway, so... You know, um, and if we're talking remaster, uh, personally, I would go Bioshock 2. Like, oh, that's a good one, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. In terms of remaster, I don't think that there are a lot of games that I would remaster. May, maybe, I see. My big thing is I. I think that part of what makes games special is, like, when they came out and the technology around them. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that, like, just for instance, right? I think that there is no way that. S- I like 7 Remake a lot. That game still does not hold up to Final Fantasy 7 for me. Because, to me, part of what makes Final Fantasy 7 so special is stuff like... the. I, this is going to sound so stupid, but like the pre-rendered backgrounds. like You don't get that anymore. And sure, that's a product of its time, and maybe p- some people like think it looks like garbage now or whatever. But like... I don't know. I think that that kind of stuff looks really good, personally. I, I, I It's like the you have to use your imagination a little bit, and me at 11 or 12 was like, yeah, I could fill in the blanks, you know? Like, I, I was using my imagination, but... Yeah, and, and people are afraid to do that now. <laughs> well, but, boys, yeah, I, yeah. if you don't mind... I'm just going to bow out right now. I do have some obligations. You're more than welcome to continue the show without me. I know it's super important to you, but uh, oh, yeah, if you don't yeah. mind, I will yeah. uh, I will take my bow and leave. 
But thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, no, of course. Well, thank of course, you. Anytime. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And uh, we'll we'll talk again soon. Um, yeah. Uh, so I don't remember what exactly it was that we were talking about uh, before he rudely interrupted us. No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I, I think that um, what I was saying was that, like, there are certain things that, like, I think would benefit from a remaster, mm-hmm. but not in the way that I think a lot of people kind of, like, think of a remaster. Like, I would love to see, or, well, maybe not love to see, but one of the things that bummed me out, like, a lot with the Final Fantasy VIII remake was those those pre-rendered backgrounds, because they do not look... They, they still look like they're on a CRTV, and, like, it's hard to recreate that stuff, I know, but it is one of those things that... I don't know. I, I feel like if it were done correctly, you could, you could do that and it could be good. And I don't think that it, I, I, I don't think that like necessarily remasters are automatically a a great thing either. And I, I don't think that remakes need to be the end all be all. Um, I don't know. See, like and I'm for me, it. it's always hard when you have to, like, bank on could be good, you know? Like, like me, personally, I always struggle with that. But yeah. I, I do see what you're saying, for sure. Okay. Well, yeah. at, le- at least someone sees what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about with with regards to that, uh, to the topic, is there anything that we missed? You know, I do have one quick hot take that has become really noticeable to me today that I I had this like epiphany moment and, uh, it, it's Overwatch two is a remaster of Overwatch (laughs) one. I, you're not wrong. I do not think that you're wrong. They, they took one person out of each team, added a few maps, Upraised assets, and uh, aside from money grubbing, that's the only changes between the two. Well, oh, I and mean... queues. They added queues, so now you get to wait to play this amazing game. Oh, beautiful. I love that. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. I, I don't know if you've caught Crumpkin and I exchanging woes of queues uh, lately, but yeah, it's a that that part sucks, but like once I'm in there, everything about it is still everything that I love of Overwatch, except for the money grubbing. Twenty dollars for an epic skin is a fucking crime and a half. Uh, You're not wrong by yeah. any means. Yeah, uh, if you were to just grind it out for free, meaning that you earned everything that you could every day, it would take you eight months to do that. Um, for context. So beautiful. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. Yeah. Other than that, everything else about that game more or less is a remaster. Oh, well, you know, that being said, it's still super fun. Download it, play it for free. Don't give the money and enjoy it because they they will eventually cave to this. I got to believe. Huh? 
uh, the negative discourse around how much oh, it, stuff gotcha, costs. Gotcha, like gotcha. They, they'll adjust it. Like, yeah, but uh, no, but hot take. It's basically a remaster. Hey, you know. Yeah. That's what a that's what a hot take is. Um. Yeah. Okay. Well. Uh. I think that kind of wraps up the conversation on remakes and remasters. So I guess let's. Uh, oh, actually, you know what? I wanna. I do want to ask you one last thing because yeah, go for we it. had our our special episode about WoW uh, yeah. a little while back, and I just wanted to ask you where where does WoW Classic fall into this for you? Because I know that <laughs> like it yeah. kind of technically is a remake of sorts, but doesn't it? I feel like based on everything that I've seen, it falls mm-hmm. into the the sort of uh, remaster category as opposed to a remake. Yeah, to me, it definitely falls into the remaster category um, because at some point they end patches, right? They say like, "Hey, this is Wrath of the Lich King. You're going to play it until X patch," even though we know stuff is broken in that patch. You know, we're, we're not going to spend time fixing it. So, so to me, that's why it definitely falls under the, the remaster category. Okay. Because gotcha. in my mind, a remake, you would patch it and break it, you know. But, like, again, I, I think that's that's part of the fun of these is that it goes to a remaster with that. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. So let's uh, let's get into I guess what we've been playing. Um, yeah. I'll let you start because you've been playing Overwatch too. Yeah. Um, the little bit that I've been able to, um, you know, I'm grinding it out. the The fun thing is they took one player away from each team, so it's five on five. Um, it has some new modes that are like they're still move the sled, but like you're pushing this robot back and forth. Uh, as he like accomplishes task, but the main thing that I noticed to it is that the console version feels more like what the PC version of Overwatch One felt like. It's a lot snappier. It's a lot faster pace. Okay. The skill level is definitely a lot higher. It feels like, which is kind of nice. Um, as I've been playing through competitive, um, and you know, I, I'm genuinely enjoying it. Um, I feel like my main characters that I typically play have really felt uh, good as far as like what they can do. So I mostly play Diva and Symmetra, um, and you know I'll queue for all roles when I can. Uh, but those two characters in specific definitely feel good, um, and I think it's just uh, on console. And I say that. Because they feel more like the PC counterparts, which is, which is great. That that's like kind of the best way to play those games is to be able to play the PC versions, and offering that to console players. And then I've played it on PC, and it more or less kind of feels like what I would expect it to. Uh, so to me, that's that's perfect. That's what they should be doing. Um, and and like I said, it's real early on. It came out. Tuesday, if you are able to even play it Tuesday, good for you, good for you. Because at launch they had two DDoS attacks plus the massive queues. 
Um, so, you know, that made things difficult. Yesterday was still a nightmare. Uh, so basically, if you aren't part of the Discord and you're just listening to this, we were talking about how the way it works is you'll log in and if you did an account merge, because that was the thing Blizzard wanted everybody to do, merge your PlayStation, Xbox account. So you have all your skins from Overwatch 1 uh, and PC. If you did that, it's like it has to sync each one of those accounts every time you log in. And so oh. you'll log in and it'll say you're in a queue of 4,000 people. And it'll sit there for like an hour and it'll go, oh, you're in a queue of zero. And you think, oh, yes, I'm finally in. And it'll keep toggling back and forth, 4,000 to zero, 4,000 to zero. And uh, eventually it'll just say LC108 and kick you out. Um, and that, that's been pretty much how a lot of Overwatch 2 has gone. Like, And it, it kind of sucks too. So like, have you ever played Overwatch? Yeah. Okay. Remember when it opens how Winston gives you this like super impassioned speech? You know, calling all agents of Overwatch. It is I, Winston, right? And you, you get this like... To me, that, that still sends... You know, goosebumps up the back of my neck is when Winston's talking about, like, they destroyed my family. None of that in the opening now. You get the Blizzard really? logo, you get a picture of Reinhardt, May, you know, jumping and Tracer jumping around. Like, literally a picture, the Blizzard logo, and then boom, you're in the, you're in the welcome screen. No opening cinematic, no fan service type thing. Like, it just felt soulless. Um... Mm. And that, that was rough. Now, once once you're able to get in, everything's good. There's three new characters there for you. You've got Sojourn, who um, is a lot like 76. Uh, Kiriko, who's a support character that's a lot like Genji. And uh, Junker Queen, who's an amazing tank. Like, um, all super feel great and are just really fun. But uh, it definitely is rough around the edges right now. Which is scary because, you know, they've had how many years to work on it and it, it just, it's really missing the mark. And the other thing too is they were requiring you to uh, sign up for multi-factor authentication with your phone. Ooh. Have you heard about this? No. That's okay. not a good sign though. Oh, wait. It gets even worse. So uh, if you're on certain prepay services, the message would come, what was it? The message would get rejected because it was being treated as a premium text. And some of them were coming through and charging you $9 per authentication. What? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So now they've killed that. They killed that today, but, like, what the fuck? Like, that, and I hate to be that crass about it, but, like, you have got to be kidding me with that. Like, that, that is... That is just unacceptable. Like, it's not even that it's not cool. No, it's just not acceptable. Um, yeah, like, and it it's not even like it's small carriers that were rejecting it, right? Like, stop me when I get one that you haven't heard. Cricket, Mint Mobile, AT&T, Verizon. So, like, you know, Virgin Mobile. Like, these are big services, both in America and around the world. And they're rejecting the messages and or charging you 10 bucks to say, yeah, this is me. Like, get bent. Yeah, that's... That is not a good look at all. No. Especially considering all the, you know, 
the stuff that this game has gone through up to this date, like, yeah, I, oh, that is not a good look. No, no, it is not. So, um, like I said, once you're in, it's a lot of fun. It's good. If you're not having to experience the trash fire, that is everything else. It's not the actual game. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of where it's at. I don't really have a whole lot more I can say right now. I, I haven't played enough. I'm, I'm like 24, 25 levels deep in the battle pass, something like that, I think. Um, but yeah, so kind of a bummer. I, I hope that they can pull a swan song out of it. That would be very nice. I, since it's free to play, I might give it a shot, but everything I was hearing about the game, like just kind of turned me off from it. And so sure. I was very much on the side of like, I don't think I'm going to play this, uh, especially yeah. the whole like battle pass stuff. I like, I'm just, I'm not a fan of battle passes as a general rule. Like I, they can be fine, but it just, to me is one of those things that like, I'm not, uh, I don't know. Yeah. We're we're gonna do some community nights coming up here. We were definitely talking about. Um, so you know, if you're wanting to and you're wanting to play, you know, with some people that are Overwatch pros, we'll say, um, you know, we're we're gonna have some fun and uh, definitely kind of explore it. So and I know we've got at least three people from the community and myself already interested in doing this. So, heck yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we'll yeah. uh, we'll definitely get that done. Um. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, um, I played uh, Immortality. Yeah. Um, so this is the new game from Sam Barlow, who, mm -hmm. if you are unfamiliar, he has made a uh, several games of the sort of, uh, I don't know if you would call it crime genre, but... Um, definitely uh, definitely not easy to categorize i'll say um and this is his newest game and basically the uh premise is that there is this actress who she was only in three movies ever and um then she went missing and you have a uh, how, how do I want to say this? You have a sort of, um, uh, I don't want to say a responsibility to, to, to find out what happened to her, but like your goal yeah. in the game is to try to figure out what exactly happened to this actress. Where did she go? Why did she disappear? All of that stuff. Right. And, um, but to do so, you have to scrub through, every bit of footage that is available of her and mm -hmm. the stuff that is mostly available of her is, um, her, her films, her film footage. So you have to scrub through footage of the films and the making of like behind the scenes of those films yeah. and try to figure out what exactly happened to, uh, Mar Marissa Marcel. And it 
is very much in the same vein as his previous games, Telling Lies and um, uh, Her Story. Her Story, yeah. But in a in a very kind of like real sense, these are not even remotely the same games. Um, like Her Story and Telling Lies both kind of deal with the same sort of thing where it is you're scrubbing through footage to try to find like answers to a mystery type situation. Uh, but the, the mysteries in those games are very, uh, I think tangible and, uh, you have to use an interface that like requires you to think about like, uh, how you would hmm, maybe write a story Whereas this is, I feel like very, I, I think I said tangible earlier and I'm intangible. Whereas this is like, in, in my mind is very tangible where it is a, a situation with um, like you're having to actually look at footage and determine things as opposed to, um, as opposed to trying to figure out like words and things of that nature, which mm-hmm. uh, is kind of what like her story and telling lies ends up being. It ends up being a, a situation where um, like you're having to, I, I don't want to say write a story, but like you're having to kind of like write out a story as opposed to, watching a story unfold and then learning what happens. Yeah. Um, and in that sense, they're, they are very, very different games than his two previous games. Yeah. But it's the same sort of, like, idea. And I am really, really into his, his games. I think that Telling Lies... I, I like le- her story the bet uh, the least. Um, oh, yeah, I I I don't want to say that it is bad because I don't think that it is, but I think that it's the least interesting of the three, and I think that this is his is easily his most interesting work. Um, mm. I think it has a lot to say. Uh, I I don't want to spoil anything with like the story because i think that part of part of the the thing with with his games is figuring out the story for yourself and seeing what all it entails um but i will say that i think that it has a lot of things to say about a lot of different things including the kind of harassment of women in art and and in the making of art and mm-hmm. i think it has a lot to say also about art and the uh sort of like weird things that people will do to themselves for their art like there are a lot of people out there who will put themselves through hell in order to try to get their their stories told you know and I think that this kind of has a little bit of a commentary on that. And I think that it kind of has a commentary on um, 
like I said before, like women and art and what the, how the two intertwine and how it isn't always like, you know, roses and, and, uh, you know, it's often very times toxic. And, um, I just, I think that the game has a lot to say about a lot of different things and it says them in very opaque and uh, sometimes nonsensical ways. Um, mm-hmm. I loved it, though. Uh, it's not going to be for everyone, that is for sure, but it certainly was for me. Uh, I really, really dug it. Um, if- See, for, for me, this one... This one... I don't know. I just I didn't connect with it in the way that I did the other two. I I really love her story. I still appreciate exactly what it's doing. Um, but yeah, for for me, I don't know why this one didn't land the way the other two did. Yeah, I I mean, I would not fault anybody for for thinking that this is the weakest one. Um, it might be just my you know, my own sort of biases with like how I love filmmaking and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. I, that certainly could play a role. I'm not saying that it does not because Mm -hmm. I, I'm sure that it does. I'm, I'm very sure that it, it plays some sort of role, but, uh, I do think that like in terms of like the stuff that, resonated with me i think that this ended up resonating with me more than telling lies and her story but okay you know it, it, i think it's kind of a each their own sort of thing i have a question though so mm-hmm. you've played his other two games before right mm-hmm. so there's one that i often associate with it and i'm curious if you've ever played it because most of the time when i ask people this they never have have you ever played emily is away uh, I've heard of it. I've never played it. Oh, okay. So it's most, it's the same kind of thing. It's set in AIM though. So it's like mostly like found messages and AIM. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of different. Familiar. Not one for one, but I was just kind of curious if you'd ever played that. Cause I always associate it with, with this, you know, with Sam Barlow and all that. Yeah. No, I, I have not played that one. I've heard very good things about it. Yeah, it's it. You could even play it through a browser for free. It it is, it's marvelous. Oh, I might Here, have to I'll check send that it to out. You. Yeah, I, I might have to check that out. I'm it's I'm really short. into these short story driven experimental type things. Like, have you ever played? Um, uh, oh man, what is the name of that game? Um. Oh, this is going to bother me. Uh, it's a game where you're playing a uh, girl who is on her way home. or Either she's on her way home or she's driving away. And she gets a call from her mother. And mm-hmm. they're talking about kind of like family dynamics and stuff that's happening and blah, blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then it ends up like there's a tornado rolling towards the house. That yeah. the girl in the house doesn't know about, and then so I have played this, and I it's gonna bug me. I cannot. I know. I don't know the name. 
Okay. Yeah. Also, really good game. Yes. I I really, really like that game a lot. Um, Anyway, yeah. I I like these weird offshoot... like, Like, her story is so weird and interesting... And I, I kind of feel like all of his games have kind of gotten that weird and interesting and they're short, story-driven little things. I don't know. I, I'm really into the what this dude puts out. Yeah, me too. 100%. It's so worthwhile. Yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, well, you've been playing the Modern Warfare 2 uh, beta? Yeah. Um it's fun it's exactly kind of what you want out of it the biggest change so far is perks and multiplayer that i've noticed uh the maps all feel super great um perks change so you get four perks you don't get them all at loadout um it's like time intervals in the game and so that makes it really fun to like really see how people are building um but there's not much i can really say about it right now because it's just multiplayer stuff that i've played um, that being said, it looks gorgeous. It's absolutely amazingly beautiful in how it looks. And uh, it, it's exactly kind of what you want out of it. It's nothing too different than what Advanced Warfare did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's unfortunate, yeah. but, you know. It, it's really good. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be worthwhile definitely when it, you know, when it does hit but there's not much i can really say about it because i've only caught the one weekend beta so far um but that being said everything that i played of it i actually really enjoyed well that is that is definitely good to hear i yeah let's we'll go ahead and we'll wrap up all right Uh, my pick of the week is uh, a little video that actually kind of um I think had some things to say about uh, our topic, um, interestingly enough. Uh, and I, I found it uh, actually earlier today. And it's called The Problem with Video Game Remakes. And it's by a small channel called uh, Cicada Wave. Um, very good, kind of touches on a lot of the things that we sort of got into about, you know, what what exactly is a remake and what maybe necessarily should be remade and things of that nature. Um, very good video, so go and check that out. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so with that all said, um, you can check out all of our things uh, on all the social media platforms, uh, we have Culture Bop. That is all of us doing all of our things, you know, uh, keeping up with the podcasts and videos and whatnot. Uh, you can catch up, or you can follow us on Instagram at culture underscore bop. And then if you are interested in said videos, you can go to youtube.com slash C slash culture bop. Um, I'm available on Twitter at the bebop man two on Instagram at bebop man two on Twitch at the underscore bebop man. And we have Dylan. Uh, he is available on Twitter at OMDizzyTV and then on Instagram, Twitch, and YouTube, all at OMDizzy. Uh, finally, well, not finally, we have uh, Austin. He's available on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, and TikTok, all at Big Papa Plays. And then lastly, 
we're going to uh, we're going to give uh, Jeff a little shout out. If you go to his Instagram, he is at uh, J uh, Ciarto. That is S Z Y A R T O. Uh, he is also on YouTube at Jeffrey Ciarto. Uh, he is on TikTok at Zisu Z I S S O U U. And uh, yeah, go check his stuff out. He has a bunch of shorts on YouTube. Um, really cool stuff. Uh, you know, like he was just talking about with his, uh, uh, the wonder spaces in Austin. Uh, good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, last but not least, if you're looking to support this podcast or any of the endeavors that we're undertaking as culture Bop, then go to patreon.com slash culture and consider tossing us a pledge. Uh, we have some very cool perks, and more perks are on the way, actually, uh, and we are going to be reshuffling things, and if we start hitting our goals, more stuff will be on its way. So, yeah. Uh, well, with all of that said, that is the end of our show. So, until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.